We begin part two of our series on Leonard Lake and Charles Ng, with Ng in a military prison, and Lake on the run, killing and stealing people's identities. We'll look at Lake's completion of Operation Fish, his eventual reuniting with Charles Ng, and the killing spree the two carried out at Lake's cabin in Humboldt County. We'll also discuss the ongoing planning of Operation Miranda and the woman they found to be their first real M-Lady. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you enjoyed part one of this tale of depravity, holy mackerel, stick around tonight for Operation Fish. It's bound to reel you in. Stay tuned. This is Necronomapod. Where'd we leave off? <laughs> People made it very clear they don't like it when we bullshit and talk about random fun stuff. So let's I, let's talk about not fun stuff. I don't give a fuck about your lunch, Mike. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about these scumbags murdering families. Cool. No fun. Are you punishing the audience because of a few bad? <laughs> fuck them. Few miscreants that don't like your monologue at the beginning of the show. I actually was just making that up, but now you have me actually feeling bad that people don't like it. <laughs> I was just trying to be a dipshit because I had nothing really I wanted to talk about. I'm, I'm glad to see Ian here this week. I thought maybe Kevin would have flown over from Germany and abducted him. <laughs> we did get a lot of people uh, that were concerned for you, or yeah. at the very least, just assumed you're now on all the FBI watch lists. Probably. Well, I assume that. That was like when I was researching. I've seen that before he joined that website. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I googled uh, or when I was looking at Michael Jackson's FBI files and stuff, and I really wanted to know what constitutes child pornography and what doesn't, so I googled that. Oh my god! Yeah. When Can sh- child porn get you in trouble? <laughs> uh, or when you did your deep dives to find like the uh, John Bonet autopsy photos and all that shit? Those weren't hard to find. You can kind of well, not that. hard for you to find. I think if you just do a quick Google, they're not going to pop right up in the Google images. I don't know. Yeah, I think they probably do. They might. I don't know because I typed it in and nothing came up right really? away. Hmm. Obviously, I keep the safe search on though. Uh, obviously, I don't want any like boobies coming up on my phone <laughs> or weed or anything. Yeah. Well, I just don't type in weeds. Okay, where are we at? <laughs> it's, it's so awkward tonight. That was a quite a disjointed opening there, pal. Okay. Speaking of weeds, you'll find them around a lake. <laughs> Ian, where we leave off? Where we left off on part one, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng were both arrested for having stolen guns. Some of those were legally modified, and they had grenades and stuff like that. Charles Ng was sent on an FBI helicopter to go face military trial for stealing guns from the armory in Hawaii. And Lake was bailed out by his ex-wife, Cricket. Lake skipped his court appearance and decided he wasn't going to go to jail and was going to act on that fantasy of keeping a woman as a slave. And we also talked about how Lake needed a new identity. So he made good on those threats of killing his brother, Donald. And then when he decided he needed a new one, he started Operation Fish, which was to kill his best friend, Fat Charles Gunner, to assume his identity. You think it was because Fat Chuck loved fish sticks? Mm. I like fish sticks. I, I like fish sticks, too. Yeah, me too. I'm not knocking. I'm just saying. <laughs> I feel like you don't often see really skinny people walking around saying they love fish sticks. You don't think so? Do you? I don't know. I, I, I mean, to like no fish idea. sticks, don't you kind of have to be a little bit of a piece of shit slob human being? <laughs> a little bit. And I'm saying that as one of them. What do you mean? It's it's a seafood. It's not healthy, Mike. <laughs> Like a filet of fish. It's health food. Well, filet of fish, please. Don't even get me started. Those are bomb. Like, I feel like it's rare to get a box of fish sticks, even like frozen, that aren't like freezer burned from the start. Like, they always just have that a little bit of burn taste. That's just built into the experience. It's just part of like that shitty fish, (laughs) the breadcrumbs they throw on them. You got to trust the Gorton's fishermen, Mike. You got to trust them. 
knows what he's doing. Now I really want some fish sticks. Do you dip yours in tartar sauce? Yes. You have to. You have to. Yeah. Some people do ketchup. That should be illegal. <laughs> I don't hate it, but you got it. I, I mean, if you're going to have that delicacy, why not have tartar <laughs> sauce to go with it? <laughs> Did you ever do a fish stick sandwich, like a build your own filet of fish? Mm. That's good, too. I think I would just use a fish patty. You could do that, too. Yeah. I mean, that's all easier, like a breaded filet. Right. You fancy here in the fancy (laughs) aisle. You're in the fancy aisle of Costco. Like the beer battered haddock, maybe. Now I want fish and chips. Do love fish and chips. I think we've talked about fish and chips a hundred times on this show. All right. So it's not named Operation Fish after fish sticks. No. You know what it was named after? Because Leonard Lake is such a piece of shit. Uh, Fat Charles would make fun of himself and would call himself a whale. And uh, Leonard Blake wrote in his diaries that he called it Operation Fish because Fat Charles was so stupid that he didn't realize that a whale is a mammal. It's mm. a good point, I guess. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Leonard. All right, Lenny, you got a point. Yeah. You know, I like best about this story is the cool names like Cricket and Fat Charles. Like everyone's got a sweet name. Yeah. Like with it. fat, I mean, Fat Charles, I mean, that's straight out of the mob, right? Yeah, like fat, fat Charles. Charles. Yeah, he's like one of the bosses. Yeah. Or the muscle. Exactly. He's got like linguine dripping off of his chin and <laughs> sauce on his collar. Oh, you know? oh, my cousin Fat Chucky. Oh, he makes the best garlic bread. <laughs> Another point here. Mm-hmm. I hope the U.S. Marshals pursued Leonard here as much as they did Randy Weaver with his <laughs> one sawed off shotgun. This guy had a fully auto Mac 10 and all kinds of other stuff. So yeah. I hope with the same vigor they showed towards Randy Weaver. You're just looking for consistency. Yeah. I like consistency. Somehow we're going to see that Leonard Blake just kind of moves through this whole plan without yeah. really. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> so Lake rationalized killing fat Charles based on his treatment of his wife, Vicky and his two daughters. I know it says Lake had sucked Fat Charles, <laughs> yeah. but I'm not sure that's accurate. <laughs> that was really throwing Look, I took I read the notes as they were written, and I quote: "Lake had sucked Fat Charles, comma on Charles' request, and well, I hope it wasn't against his will. Had feelings for Vicky, so there's all kinds of shit going on here. Just, first, first Lake is going to cuck uh, Charles." Then he's going to suck Charles <laughs> per Charles request. I Who's just, the bull? Who's the cuck at this point? There's no rules at this point. No, it's no holds barred. I just had to stare at my outline for a solid like 30 seconds. There you ain't figure. the only one, pal. You ain't the only one. <laughs> I read it three times. And I was like, well, clearly he, he made a mistake. Autocorrect. <laughs> you mean it doesn't it doesn't uh, recognize the word cucked? <laughs> Lake had cucked. <laughs> fat charles on charles's request and i kind of like god did to joseph <laughs> kind right? of yeah okay. those unfamiliar with that story <laughs> can hear it right now on the latest edition of bible babble with your pal dave on the ten dollar tier of patreon sorry ian please continue <laughs> as you were he's still trying to read that sentence and figure out what the fuck he wrote so lake obviously had feelings for vicky Fat Charles got divorced and gained custody of his daughters. So according to Lake's diaries, Fat Charles needed to go. One, for the identity, and two, to save the kids from his abuse. On April 5th, 1983, Lake attempted to put the plan in motion, but realized Fat Charles was too heavy to move by himself. Lake wrote, quote, Left early for Calaveras with Charles. Arrived, completed trench for gas line, installed water filter, insulated hot water pipes made videotape of charles operation fish failed charles is simply too heavy to move sigh see being overweight does prevent you prevent death my doctor never believes me but this is is proof saved his life (laughs) saved his life i like how uh fucking lake wrote sigh at the end of his journal now does it all the time fucking you know writing dashboard confessional lyrics obnoxious being emo in his dorm room (laughs) putting up like these dramatic away messages i notice you looking at me i see you over my mic (laughs) as you're saying all these things well you were a big dashboard guy back in the day (laughs) i still like dashboard they're pretty good maybe they're gonna open for asking alexandra one day (laughs) ultimate tour maybe they will a boy can dream mike a boy can dream (laughs) that's a stadium tour because they're selling out 60 80 places i think 
Leonard Lake tries to kill Charles multiple times before it's successful. And when he's talking about the gas line in this whole thing, he tried to uh, use gas to kill Fat Charles, but there wasn't enough gas pumping in because Charles was too big. <laughs> Good Lord. So. Yikes. So skinny Charles would not have survived. He would have been dead by now. Again, overweight saves lives. Lake figured out a way to move Fat Charles's body. So he hung out with him again. And this time Lake brought snacks with him that were laced with poison. Lake figured that Fat Charles was always up for eating. But Charles refused the snacks saying he wasn't hungry. <laughs> That's a first. I just, I just picture Leonard Lake so angry. Like Charles, try <laughs> one. Just try a fucking <laughs> snack. <laughs> it's like, the, do you guys used to watch the old Monty Python shows? The big fat I've guy, and he's trying it, to give him just, it's just a mint, sir. And he's like, I can't eat another thing. It's just a mint. <laughs> After this failure, Lake moved in with Fat Charles, paying rent and help taking care of his daughters. Living with Fat Charles gave Lake more of a rationalization to keep Operation Fish going. Lake wrote, quote, Charles whipped his oldest girl today. I've seen him hit his children before, but I'd never actually seen him tear into one with the full force of a belt. I have fantasized about whipping a young woman before, but watching him whip a little girl was too much for me. He watches TV, has time to watch stupid comedy over and over, but nothing of any historical or educational worth. He has time to sleep 12 to 14 hours a day, but no time to read except comic books or the Sunday funnies. He lives in a clean house only by the fact that his girls must do the cleaning. He sews not, nor does he labor, Oh, but he reaps gold in the form of government handouts. 12 hours of sleep sounds pretty fucking good to me. I would enjoy 12 to 14 hours of sleep. On May 24th, 1983, Operation Fish was successful. Lake and Fat Charles had traveled to, quote, get out of town. When Lake returned without Charles, he told everyone that Fat Charles stayed behind in Vegas because he fell in love with a woman. And nobody really paid any attention to this. Nobody really questioned it. And his ex-wife, Vicky, didn't even report Fat Charles is missing for two years after this. Mm. Turns out he was a missing person that nobody missed at all. <laughs> <laughs> Did Vicky? <laughs> so Charles had, like, Vicky was just like, eh, I'm not even going to ask about the kids. The kids end up with her. Like, they, they end up staying with Lake for a while because oh uh, god, Vicky didn't want anything to do with the like mm -hmm. I, I shouldn't say she didn't want anything to do with them because i don't know that but she didn't want them back and she and leonard lake had tried multiple times to give the kids back to her in that two years before like she was like oh this this fat fuck might be missing i don't know how long it took for her to actually get the kids back it seemed like it took a little while but not that long i don't i'm not really clear as to why she waited so long to turn him in or what made her decide to mm. you know report him as missing but nobody really gave a fuck. Goodbye, Fat Charles. No further questions, Your Honor. When Fat Charles's body was found, he had been killed with two different guns, suggesting that Cricket was involved in this murder. Charles Ng was serving jail time for stealing those guns from the Marines, and Cricket was the only person that Lake associated with. It does not make sense to use two different guns. No. I'm very curious about how Cricket ends up playing out in this story. In all fairness, every other operation to kill Charles had failed. So maybe he had two guns like, no, I'm going to make this work. Like one just, in each hand. Just shoot them both multiple <laughs> times, hoping one sticks. Like he's just trying to get it done. It's possible, Mike. I don't rule it out. Also, I have been uh, retained by Cricket. <laughs> defense attorney on this so your cricket's pr firm you're working on uh, rehabbing her image at least for this paragraph man. we'll see where it goes it was around this time in 1983 that lake rented a cabin that cricket's father owned in humboldt county and it was here that lake would put operation miranda into effect and start building his sex dungeon Two side notes. The first one will make more sense in part three that Cricket didn't actually live in this cabin, but she visited it all the time. And as soon as he moved there, Lake bought a German shepherd puppy. He named Wubon. Wubon. Mm -hmm. Okay. I just like to reiterate right? Cricket did not live in that cabin. No, but she visited it all the time. Okay. Well, depends what you mean by visit. <laughs> <laughs> Filmed home pornography, I believe is the definition, the book definition of visiting. 
Let the record show that that is not illegal. (laughs) (laughs) There were neighbors around this cabin. It wasn't like it was just completely in the middle of nowhere. Like they weren't close. There was a lot of property between, but there were still people around. Lake saw one of the neighbor's dogs got loose and was humping Wuban. And instead of just yelling at the other dog, he shot it and killed it. You just pissed off 90% of our listeners so bad right now by talking about a dog being killed like that. And that's the. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm just saying that was like real quick into him moving into this area. So like the I'm like first week. So ingratiating yourself to <laughs> yeah. the neighborhood. Right? Sure, this is not a good uh, first impression. Hmm. Imagine if Dave moved into that cabin and it was a dog barking at night. <laughs> <laughs> Might have a problem. <laughs> yeah, we got a problem. <laughs> what is that from? Is that the Keanu Reeves movie? I don't know. Oh well, I don't know either. Clearly. Well, seeing as it's a movie you've seen, there can't be that many to choose from. I, I, right? I have not claimed to have seen <laughs> a small uh, universe of films. any movies that what that was in. Sometimes I just make up lines and then make you guys try to feel stupid for not seeing that movie. Yeah, it doesn't work. We're like, yeah, he's making it up. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> not that, that one. You're just like, no, I haven't seen it. <laughs> I believe it's uh, Godfather 3. It's Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Even though this was a terrible start to the neighborhood, it... For some reason, it didn't take long to make amends because that Saturday, the same week that he killed this dog, uh, he invited the couple to a barbecue where they had lots of fun together <laughs> and they traded homemade porn with one another. Well, sure. <laughs> well, how do you how do you guys barbecue? <laughs> Call me crazy, but if you shoot my dog, I'm whooping your ass. I'm not coming <laughs> yeah. to your fucking barbecue. Well, you got to make good. Right, you, gotta, you can't you can't hold a grudge forever. Is that how it works. Turn the other cheek, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Try my pulled pork, and here's my wife pulling my pork. <laughs> and that that goes back to part one and everything throughout the story. He always had that album of nude photos That's of right. underage girls or women. Yeah, hey, Just, look at look at my book. <laughs> hey, remember that time I shot your dog? It's okay. Here's me plowing my girl. <laughs> Have a look. Go ahead, please. Show your wife. It's fine. Uh, what's going on out there? And then they just give him their porn. Yeah, right. Of them. Well, playing. here's me plowing my <laughs> wife what now that you say? mentioned yeah. it. Here's our coffee table book. <laughs> so at the same time as living in the cabin, using Fat Charles's identity, Lake rented an apartment in San Francisco at a place known as the Pink Palace. Here he would kill three victims, Maurice Rock, Cheryl Okoro, and Randy Jacobson. I wasn't really following this part because then it talks about him killing him at the farm. He lured them out there. Did I not put that in the outline? Yeah, it just I, I just wasn't clear because it says that he lured him out there, but then he killed him immediately. So what does the apartment have to do? Because he was using that as like a place to uh, find a woman to like uh, scout for a, a future victim for the sex okay. dungeon. All right. Maurice Rock was dating Cheryl Okoro and Lake had a thing for Cheryl. Lake told the couple that he was growing weed up at his cabin and offered them free weed if they would help him with his crops. Maurice was killed immediately, presumably because, you know, he's the male in the situation and Leonard Lake wanted nothing to do with them. And Cheryl is thought to have been the prototype of Lake's fantasy of an M lady. Police believe this because after everything was found out, a picture of Cheryl standing outside the cabin handcuffed was found. Also, in a homemade porn of Lake and Cricket, Cricket is playing Cheryl, um, which would allude to Cricket being a part of this, or at least knowing something about the fact that Cheryl Cora was murdered. Um, And it isn't known how she was murdered, but only a piece of her spine was found after all this is over. Randy Jacobson was a Vietnam vet who kept to himself but was killed by Lake for his disability checks and his van. He was also led to the uh, the cabin with this whole thing mm. of uh, helping out with his weed crops that he did not have. So I, I, I think a lot of the like the stories you hear about these two, it's like focused on the sex slave stuff, but yeah. it's just a common thief killer too, just killing people for profit. That's why I, I say he's a good part of this. He's just a, not what you just, I don't know. You kind of pigeonhole the guy thinking he, you know, he held women captive, sex slave kind of thing, but that's not all there is to this story. Right. I mean, because all in all, from the videotapes that we'll, you know, we'll talk about later. And then in part three, there's only two confirmed women Mm. on any of those videotapes. 
it guaranteed there was a lot more but yeah we'll talk about what might have happened with those tapes on part three and it's kind of an all-in kind of crime spree scenario with that like the evidence that they left and like he's a wanted fugitive and just generating this evidence and leaving it behind yeah I don't think he ever had plans to be taken alive or anything. He wasn't worried about being caught or found out. I believe he alludes to that here shortly, that he has no plans of being taken alive. No, there you go. And and then this almost seems like almost like a midlife crisis type scenario, because on part one, we talked about how that Mark Novak guy left the first, you know, him hanging out with Lake as he was a shit talker. Mm -hmm. He's been a shit talker his whole life. And in the first videotapes where he's explaining what he's going to do, he says, I'm 38 years old. It's and, now or never. Yeah, exactly. Yep. It's like a midlife crisis type thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Piece of shit this guy is. Charles Ng had been serving an 18-month prison sentence at the U.S. Disciplinary Barracks at Fort Levensworth, Kansas. I just want to interject real quick. Sorry, I was mm-hmm. at the, uh, the beer station over here while uh, you started talking. I couldn't chime in. Uh, role playing is very common in sex. Cricket playing the role of Cheryl does not implicate her in any way, shape, or form. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of circumstantial, in my opinion. It's it's questionable for sure. <laughs> it's not great. It's a very poor taste, if anything. Well, and that was found out because they they traded with people, um, and there are collectors out there of this type of porn. What type of porn like this homemade stuff and then especially oh, what we're going to talk about i thought you there was like collectors of like kill someone role play as them <laughs> like that's like uh oh i'm sure know. there is yeah, yeah. <laughs> right you're learning a lot on this website you're a part of now we'll talk about in part three there's a lot of uh a lot of smoke around the idea that they maybe sold the snuff films to people oh man so Charles was in Kansas serving this 18-month sentence, and even though Lake was a fugitive using identities of people he killed, he still wrote to Charles all the time and sent them straight into the prison. Uh, Lake sent Charles in pictures of himself and Cricket having sex, pictures of random women and girls, but towards the end of Charles Ng's sentence, Lake started sending letters detailing Operation Miranda and pictures of the sex dungeon's progress. No fucks given about yeah, it. Yeah, again, it's not, you know, if something you're trying to conceal this operation. It's, I don't know, like there's the possibility that Charles's mail might be scanned in prison. You know. Is Charles Ng the worst criminal of all time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand how they got away with what they did for Song because they both just kind of bumble through. Right out in the everything. open. Everything, yeah. yeah. And all it would have taken is one of those letters to be opened and checked beforehand. Exactly, exactly right. Also, why were these letters not open and checked? Why is not all of this mail open and checked? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, military prison. Maybe that's maybe they don't do that. And that's true. What if there's a sure. shank in one of them? Just like wrapped up in a big letter. They probably go through the scanner, but they might not necessarily be read. Yeah, I don't know. Does all prison mail get read? I don't know. No, I'm sure it doesn't. But, you know, seems he seemed, seemed to there be a lot going back and forth. And, you know, <laughs> right. maybe once you get picked up and, you know, randomly checked. <laughs> Well, Meanwhile, this guy's running his mouth to everybody. Something's going to get back to a prison guard. <laughs> hey, maybe we should check his mail. While in prison, Charles Ng made friends with a guy named John Cardi. And this this is the thing about Charles Ng is he, he makes friends with people everywhere he goes. Like you would think he's this miserable fucking person, but somehow he makes friends everywhere he goes. John Cardi was in prison for stealing a military Jeep. Cardi and all the other prisoners got along with Ng and ing was doing his spin kicks and he thought it was hilarious when people made fun of the fact that he was chinese and he kept up with his chance of no kill no thrill no gun no fun but he talked a lot of shit specifically to john cardi ing would come up with plans to rob banks and steal military missiles to shoot down planes he told cardi all about plans to bomb bus stations or planes um which all of this is grandiose bullshit, but a very real plan that Ng told Cardi all about was Operation Miranda. He showed Cardi all the pictures that Lake had been sending him, all the detailed work that had been done to the cabin. Ng would talk about plans to sexually torture women, and Cardi said that Ng, quote, had a real imagination for it. It was at that point that Cardi stopped talking to Charles Ng because he didn't want to be involved in anything 
that Ng was talking about in case it was real. But I think when he saw the pictures of Operation <laughs> right. Miranda stuff, he's like, nah, I'm good. I'm not, yeah. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> like, it's a fun way to pass the time bullshitting in prison. He's like, oh, here's the actual plans and pictures. They're like, uh, I'm good, Chucky. I'm not going to hang out anymore. Charles Ng was released from prison on June 29th, 1984. And he thought for sure that he was going to get deported back to Hong Kong. Because remember, he faked a birth certificate to get into the <laughs> right. Marines. Right. But to his surprise, he just walked out with no issues. Cricket. <laughs> he like, slammed the gate behind him. He just like walks off like, uh, you know, just out into the uh, the great unknown. Yeah. He later said he for sure thought he was going back to Hong Kong, but it just never happened. It's wild. Cricket picked up Ng from the airport on July 9th, 1984, which reunited Lake with Ng to carry out Operation Miranda. Hey, Ian, we have a special guest. Uh, President Clinton would like to ask you a question about the story, if, if you don't mind. Okay. Uh, Ian, uh, did you know that Charles had a brother who was named after my favorite leisure time activity? No, I didn't. Yeah, his name was Fuck. Fuck, Ing. <laughs> <laughs> Put that in your cigar and smoke it, Ian. Thank you, Mr. President. <laughs> Get it, Fuck, Ing. <laughs> Like, I was fucking. <laughs> we need to get the uh, <laughs> presidential music so that every time he comes in to drop a joke, <laughs> just play it when he leaves. I have it somewhere because it was on the YouTube video oh, yeah, of the yeah. presidential. And that's it. And he just leaves. We can just trail that out and come back. Get it fucking. <laughs> There was an underground magazine in the Bay Area called The Spectator. Uh, the classified section of this magazine had a lot of wanted ads for sex. Uh, it's pretty much the way I read it is like the sex classified area of Craigslist. Like not smart to use it. Super fucking sketchy. So what username did you use when you set up your account <laughs> doing research this week? <laughs> Kevin's like, oh, hello, Ian. <laughs> I did not know you were on this site, too. As soon as you, like, sign up and get emails from him. 36-year-old Donald Gialetti placed an ad looking for another man. And on July 11th, Charles Ng responded to it. Gialetti shared his apartment with a guy named Richard Carraza, who went to his room when Charles Ng showed up. As soon as Carraza went into his room, Ng shot Gialetti in the head, killing him instantly. Then when Carraza walked out of his room to see what was going on, Ng shot him in the chest. Ng ran away, but Carraza survived and was able to call 911. Your first thought would be like, this is a hate crime for no reason. From the journals, it's pretty clear that Leonard Lake is not a fan of gay people, but most authors and law enforcement think that this is Ng killing someone to prove that he wasn't going to have an issue with Operation Miranda. Because at Thrill this, kill. No kill, no thrill. Yeah, at this point, Leonard had killed multiple people, and it's thought that yeah, he wanted proof that Ng was capable yeah, of it. That makes sense. He must have got spooked, though. He left him alive. Yeah, it seems like he just pulled two, two quick shots, pretty yeah. much, and mm -hmm. ran. The guy couldn't identify him, or what? They did. They gave a description. But they, they never said pinned a, it to him. No. They, mm -hmm. they said an Asian man with you know thick glasses. Mm-hmm. Not even a month later, Lake and Ng responded to a classified ad that was posted by a 29-year-old Harvey Dubs, who worked for a company called Petrov Graphics. Along with print graphic design, Harvey was really good with video and had started a side business called Video Dubs, which did stuff like weddings and things like that. I'll tell you what, great name for the business. I love it. Video Dubs. Video Dubs. His yeah. last name's Dubs. It's okay. a cool last name. Yeah, it's great. It's okay, I guess. <laughs> Is that that great? <laughs> I don't know if your name's Dubs, your video Dubs. Like, that's sweet. Shut up. Don't be a hater. You think you just start a restaurant and be B-Dubs, and that's great. <laughs> wow, that's a good name. Now I'm salivating. Lake really wanted to upgrade from photography to video for Operation Miranda. So on July 25th, 1984, Lake and Ng responded to Harvey's ad for video Dubs. Harvey's wife was on the phone with a friend that evening and told her that someone was showing up regarding the ad and she was waiting for her father to drop off their 16-month-old son, Sean. 
and that is the last anyone heard from the Dubs family. At gunpoint, Lake and Ng forced the Dubs family, including the 16-month-old baby, into their van and drove them to the cabin where they killed Harvey Dubs immediately and buried him on the property. Then they raped Deborah Dubs, and it's not known how long this went on for or how long she was kept alive, but eventually she was strangled and buried on the property as well. It's not clear what happened to the baby exactly, but an inmate of Charles Ng, who will get into next week, testified that Ng told him he killed the baby and compared it to stories of Nazi soldiers killing a German shepherd puppy to prove like they had no emotion attached to something helpless. That inmate also testified that Ng told him he did the quote asshole death grip to Deborah, which according to Ng was when you have anal sex with a woman while strangling her to death from behind. Man, these guys are some sick fucks. That's why I told you when I text yeah. you guys, I said this outline goes from zero to 100 on page three. Oof. Not great. These two kept up their bullshit for the next couple months with Lake being a creep to women, always trying to take their pictures um, and working on the sex dungeon until October 31st, 1984. They decided that they needed a new car and Lake needed a new identity. In Lake's journal, he wrote, quote, Honda Prelude with owner that could pass for me. On November 2nd, Lake and Ng showed up responding to Paul Cosner's ad selling his Honda Prelude. Evidence shows that either Lake or Ng, it's not clear who, sat in the back seat during a test drive and shot Paul in the back of the head. Jeez, that could be messy in their new car you're trying to stay low-key in. No fucks given by these guys. It's a dangerous world out there, man. Just trying to sell your fucking car and these clowns show up. Put one in the back of your head. No classifieds. I don't even like selling things on Facebook. I've done it a couple of times, but I don't like doing it. I don't like it. talking to anybody, period. People suck. Like I see people having garage sales and stuff. Like I just throw mm. my shit away, man. It's not mm. it's not worth it. Well, not one's a rich podcast star like you did. <laughs> Come on. Garage sale? I'm going to sit there and talk to strangers every day? You get the fish fillets. I just fillets. throw my shit in the garbage. You get the fish fillets at Costco. We've already covered this. You go to the fancy <laughs> section. I don't want to talk to weird people. or not, They might not even be weird, just random people. I don't want to do that. Oh, God. That's why we do a podcast, right? We in just talk to by each other yeah. and then send it out. And then everyone listens to us and thinks that like, you know, oh, great guys. Yeah, we don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> That's why we sit in the basement and do a podcast. And Ian goes to Speedway at 2.30 in the morning and pets his raccoon friends. <laughs> I can't wait for Ian to one day like renew his wedding vows and have like a whole like wedding party and like the 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 groomsmen are me, Dave, and four raccoons. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, we'll be in tuxes and that'll be hilarious. Like they're just running down the aisle. Renewing my vows will be like a fucking Disney movie or something with raccoons and like they break out and they break out in a song. You got to get that one dude the, that made the hamster suits to make the raccoons. Oh, Joseph okay. Callinger. Joseph Callinger. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the same guy who made that Bigfoot suit for the uh, Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do it. <laughs> now, Leonard Lake had kept this journal religiously over the course of years. But on November 9th, Lake made his last known journal entry saying, quote, and life goes on up here. On alternate days, it has rained, and I've done nothing. Met a woman. She may come up here this weekend. If she does come, I expect to screw her. Why else would a woman over 40 travel 100 miles to visit a man she doesn't know if she doesn't want to be screwed? Been playing with the vid equipment. Walking the dog. General stuff. As ever, reading a lot. Tonight, I retyped all my written journal notes. End here. Along with the stolen car, the two of them decided they needed jobs. They both applied at Dennis Moving Company, with Lake using the fake name Paul Blake and Charles Ng using his real name. Leonard Lake didn't get the job, but Charles Ng was hired. Charles Ng is no fucks given. (laughs) 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 Uses his real name and gets the job, of course. Lenny's a loser, can't even get the job. It's just crazy. Charles Ng was being charles ng at this job uh he did his spin kicks uh <laughs> always <the> spin kicks. <laughs> he would always have people hold pencils and he would kick them out of their hands all right how about you pick up some boxes bruce Lee? Go, <laughs> go move these people now 
he had fun with the fact that he was Chinese and people making racist jokes that he thought were hilarious. Of course, chanting no gun, no fun, no thrill, no kill while he was moving stuff. Uh, but now he added a new chant, which was daddy dies, mommy cries, baby fries, which is presumably about the Dubs family. Could you imagine working with this fucking guy? Can you imagine being management and allowing an employee to start <laughs> shit like this? Like this guy gets through prison having all these graphic letters sent to him. Nothing. This guy's on the job talking about no guns, no fun. Family's dying. People are like, eh, no he's one, funny. No they one, like him. Yeah, no one took him serious. They're just like, he's fucking weird, but yeah, yeah he's funny and have a good time with him. Yeah, he'll kick a pencil out of your hand. It's a blast. <laughs> so much fun. Love it. Well, workplaces in the 80s, right? You know. Yeah, I don't know, Dave. I was yeah. born and then four. <laughs> when the 80s were I wasn't over. in the workplace in the 80s. Go fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> the times of uh hey uh sugar tits go get me a cup of coffee like it's a different yeah. world back then yeah, right and like we were just saying no one took him serious in the truck area there was a very racist characterization of charles ing hung up with the words no gun no fun no kill no thrill above it like everybody was just yucking it up at the moving company with yeah. him and he Hilarious. was like the front lines of it loving it all <laughs> yeah. like probably like, look at this photo this is great <laughs> In the trial we'll talk about next week, there's all kind of stuff. His drawings, all the shit he talks. And he always says uh, that it was jocular. Just boys being boys, jocular stuff. Jocular. Like the asshole death grip thing. That's guaranteed probably very real. He tried to say it was jocular. That's just, just beyond the scope, man. Yeah. So like, like we've been saying, everybody liked him at the moving company, except for one guy. And this was Cliff Parentau who was the one that hired Eng. After an argument about who was moving what on the job, Parentau kind of snapped finally, like he finally had enough and said, quote, you goddamn Chinaman, I should have never given you this job. Can't say that anymore. No, you can't. I'll get you to talk to HR. <laughs> That's what they, do you guys, you used to watch Kung Fu, right? The old Kung Fu, that they always call him mm -hmm. Chinaman. You're a Chinaman. It's, it's a little difficult to watch nowadays when you're like, had had oh, this man. is just this was just okay. I love mm -hmm. Kung Fu. It's a great show. According to Charles Ng, on January twentieth, nineteen eighty five, he lured Parentau to the cabin, telling him that there was a side job moving up there and that the money would be off the books. According to Ng, Lake shot Parentau, burned the body, and scattered the ashes on the property. Not long after, the owner of Dennis Moving Company received the following letter, quote, Dennis, sorry to leave on such a short note, but new job, place to live, and honey came all at once. Please send my check for the last three days I worked and my W-2 to my new address below. Thanks, Cliff. Sure, here's your check, fella. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to confirm that at all. They do this letter writing a lot. If it was Charles Ng asking for it, he would just get it, no question. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Apparently, this guy just That's skates right. through life. <laughs> Shortly after this, another Dennis Moving Company employee named Jeff Gerald went missing. Charles Ng wasn't thrilled with Jeff Gerald because Jeff had taken a week off of work for personal reasons, but kept his position of seniority. According to Ng, when he complained about this issue to Leonard Lake, Lake said that it should, quote, be like Nam, and that Ng should kill Jeff Gerald to move up in the company. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ian, you know who this reminds me of? Mike, when he won't let us take two weeks off at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. It's like a week off, motherfuckers. No, you're not no. doing that. This is literally the easiest job I've ever had in my life. We're going to take vacation time. Come on. No way. If you don't like it, make it like Nam. Kill me. Take me out of the equation. I challenge you. Keep in mind with that. It should be like Nam thing. Leonard Lake did not see any battle time in Nam at all. He lied That's about right. all that stuff. Yeah. Pretender. Did he lie to Ing about it too? Yeah. He lied to everybody. About oh. It. He was like Mr. War Hero, kill, and he was killing everybody. But in reality, he was a technician, a radio right. technician. Yeah. On February 24th, 1985, Jeff Gerald went missing. And it isn't clear if Lake or Ng killed him, but one of them did. And it's not exactly clear what happened to Jeff's body. <clears throat> Is that because they admitted that they killed him, but then like they were blaming each other and they couldn't get a straight answer? Like how, And they didn't find his body. Like How do we know he, died, he they killed him? You'll see in part three. I don't want to spoil it for you. Hey, 
I love Hold your teaser. horses. Unless we take a week off next week. You know, the <laughs> I'll do the fucking show by myself. I'll, say, I'll do the outline. I will sit here and do it by myself. Welcome to Necronema Pod with Mike. Uh, so what do you guys think of gas station hot dogs? I'll tell you what. Gas station hot dogs are really damn good. I'll do it. Don't tempt me. Have fun. We do not need to take a week off. So you'll be. How sitting. dare you guys? Tell the listeners you want to take time off. He'll be sitting there trying to use the. The board wouldn't even know how to turn the goddamn thing on. <laughs> all angry, yeah. and I'd have to do it. We'll do it live. I'd have to do it all in one take because I'm not editing this shit. It's all one take, or I'll be giving like every four seconds an apology for like what they just heard me say that I don't want on the air. Just- Bathroom breaks, taking the microphone with me, peeing in a Gatorade bottle. Don't worry about it. It's gonna they're, be a hell of a show. They're gonna hear the background noise, like when Dwight's peeing in the back of uh, Michael's car, like in the bottle. Like, what's that hissing noise? You're just gonna hear that in the background of me talking. Don't worry about it. Be sitting down here by yourself, screaming, fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, I just, we don't need to take time off. Come on. Well, I'll be in Mexico. You have fun. (laughs) You go to Mexico. I'll pay for that trip doing a show. Okay. Also, imagine killing someone at your moving company so you're one seniority peg higher than the other mover. (laughs) Like, the fuck are we even talking about? Just the mind. even mean? Like, like the first, the initial mindset, be like, nah, just kill him, move up. And then Ing's like, yeah, good idea. That's what I should do. And the like, fact that he's responsible for killing two of his coworkers, like there's right, like no worry about suspicion being attracted. You know, like the police putting together, like oh hey, yeah. two people from this company have gone <laughs> right. missing in the span of like two weeks. Yeah, that's a connected dots there. No worried about suspicion. He says he signed up for that site with his legal name <laughs> and email address. This Hello, guy. Ian. It's Kevin calling again. <laughs> I have my leader hosing on. In March of 1985, Lake and Ing found their first real M lady, or at least the first real M lady that we know about in high school student Kathleen Allen, which high school student is meaning like 17, 18 years old. Oh my God, this guy. Kathy had been dating a local drug dealer named Mike Carroll. Mike had done time with Charles Ing at Fort Leavenworth and the two of them still kept in touch, uh, you know, selling pot together, things like that. But through socializing, Kathy caught the attention of Lake and Ing. On April 12th, 1985, Mike Carroll told his friends that he was going to purchase some video equipment, but didn't say who he was buying it from. Two days later, Kathy received a phone call to a convenience store she worked at saying that Mike had been shot. She told her boss and then waited outside for a ride to go check on Mike and hopped into a Honda Prelude. Kathy spoke to a friend before getting in the car, saying that everything was okay. The guy she was getting in the car with was weird and always asked for pictures of her, but she was going to go see what happened to Mike. I wonder who that could be. (laughs) Sound like anyone we know. (laughs) A few days later, her manager received a phone call from her where she asked for a four-week leave because she had to go to the Lake Tahoe area for an emergency and this would be the last thing anyone heard of kathy until police saw her on one of lake and ing's videotapes there's only those you've seen the videotapes right the clips yeah i watched them again here so it's probably about a six minute clip altogether yeah there's some pretty detailed uh police notes that i was able to find online Mm. the first video showed kathy being stripped naked and lake telling her that her boyfriend mike was dead On the wall was a sign that had the following rules. I must always be ready to service my master. I must be clean, brushed, and made up with my cell neat. I must never speak unless spoken to. Unless in my bed, I must never look my master in the eye and must keep my eyes downcast. I must never show my disrespect, either verbally or silent. I must never cross my arms or legs in front of my body or clench my fists, and unless eating, must keep my lips parted i must be obedient completely and in all things i must obey immediately and without question or comment i must be quiet when locked in my cell i must remember and obey any additional rules told to me i must understand that any disobedience any pain trouble or annoyance caused by me to my master will be grounds for punishment it's for a toy box killer oh yeah just the fact that people like this exist in the world irks me. I wish we had pictures of these guys in fucking dorky ass knee pads and ugly long shirts and just being, you know, right. 
scumbags, we can mock them a little bit. Because this this is more like, to me, this is like Keith Raniere type shit too. Like just mentally and emotionally beating these people down. The second video was a little longer and showed Kathy only wearing pantyhose that had a tear in the crotch and bent over a naked Charles Ng giving him a back massage. Ng was laying face down and could be heard saying, quote, get my ass too. The third and final tape of Kathy, Leonard Lake put the camera on a tripod and is seen taking pictures of her. At the beginning of the tape, Kathy was face down on a bed with her hands cuffed behind her back, her ankles bound together, and only wearing cut-off jean shorts. Lake says, quote, Not bad. Anyway, I very much intended to keep my promise, and I couldn't say that I have. I told you there's lots of things I'd like to do with you that I know you wouldn't like. Lake removed the handcuffs, but left Kathy's ankles bound while he adjusted the camera lights he had set up. Once he adjusted the lights, Lake said, quote, Would you look over here, please? And even though it shouldn't make any difference to me in terms of what you like and what you don't like, I've tried to respect your feelings as best as I can in these manners. On the other hand, when I tell you to do things, I tell you things that are very important to me that I want you to do. Then Lake says, can you uh, turn your head around? Yeah, that's it. Just lay on the bed if you want. I really want you or expect you, as a matter of fact, to do them. And uh, you haven't. Kathy then asked, what haven't I done? To which Lake said, I'm referring to uh, me telling you not to beat on the doors and make noise. Kathy said, I didn't beat on it. It's just that. And at that point, Leonard Lake interrupted saying, I'm afraid you did beat on it. Those latches were especially picked. Well, I don't know if you beat or pushed, but that metal would never break. This leaves me somewhat disturbed. I realize no one heard you. I showed you those cyanide pills, and I'm trying to tell you the truth, that they're never going to take me alive. Hopefully no one is ever going to catch me at these weird things, but if someone ever did, I'd die. The fact that you'd die is immaterial right now. I don't want you to die, and I don't want to die. And the best way to accomplish that is for neither one of us to get caught. I suppose my question is, what do I have to do to prove to you that I'm serious about this? The next thing on the tape, Kathy asks, are you asking if you can hit me? To which Lake said, no, I'm not asking if I can hit you. I can very much hit you, very easily. I don't want to hit you, Kathy. No, let me take that back. Erotically, it would turn me on. I would get a great thrill out of it. But let's say I'm still trying to keep a little bit of sanity, okay? I'm having a little war within myself between what I want to do and what I think I should do because I promised you, and that is what we might call the decent thing to do. I'm going to hammer those hinges back flat again, and I don't want to find them bent again at all. I don't want to hear anything. Let me put this in the strongest possible terms. It was like the first night when I told you I wanted you to drink me. If it ever arises again, if there's any circumstance whatsoever that leads me to think that you're even attempting to make noise, it's immaterial as to whether I hear you or anyone else hears you. You'll be whipped severely. Now tell me you understand. Kathy told Lake that she understood, and the video goes on with Lake photographing Kathy from various positions in different lingerie. That is the last tape that Kathy appears on, and it's not clear as to how long she was held after this, but she was eventually murdered. You can't watch that full thing, but there are police notes where all that comes from. Oh, man. Just absolutely terrifying. The the clip that you can see of Kathy is really it's it's more to me it's more disturbing than any gore that I've seen of somebody, you know, being hurt or you know, you every once in a while come across something like that online. Yeah. To see that flight or flight thing you always think in your head it's going to be flight or flight you know, mm -hmm. or fight or flight but then to see her just in shock she, it looks like she can't even move yeah just agreeing it's weird to see that if it's if she's agreeing with this stuff to maybe find an escape or if it's just complete shock like you just shut down it's just surreal it's just an eerie kind of and even to watch it and you you don't yeah. know what fully happens to her but you know she's murdered uh, yeah that's awful it's a very strange tape to watch the little, you know, the snippets that are out there. Mm -hmm. Does not sound pleasant one bit. No, they're oddly calm. The videos, the victims. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Because there's another one of that of uh, Brenda. Will I think we'll talk about next week? That's just yeah, same yeah. thing. That's uh, some part I, six. Day. I actually, <laughs> I've read the police notes for uh, the Brenda tape that goes through the full thing. It's it's not great, mm. but we'll quote the whole thing next week. Rewinding a couple months in January of 1985, Lonnie Bond, age 27, Brenda O'Connor, age 19. And their infant son, Lonnie Bond Jr., moved to a cabin very close to Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. And that is where we will pick back up on part three. And part three will cover Lake and Ng's probably most cruel series of murders, how they got caught, and how this whole thing ends. Terrible, Ian. I don't know why you told us this story. I feel like I can like like almost physically feel the vacuum of fun just sucked out of this oh, room. Yeah. It's horrible. That's, this isn't the greatest time I've ever had in my life. I can admit that. Like these are fun. These are like I don't really enjoy these shows. I like you know talking about Bigfoot mm. and stuff. But Dave, if you try to have fun, then you're just going to offend people because you're having a good time <laughs> discussing such serious <laughs> topics. So don't do that. Like I get the people like that. I mean, they're interesting stories, but the, it's by no means fun to talk about. I'd much rather talk about you know, cannibal cops, and mm-hmm. fetish websites, and cryptids and aliens and it's just a lot more fun yeah i would never want to talk about cannibal cop again <laughs> the uh, that was, stuff makes him real uncomfortable that was the most uncomfortable <laughs> i have ever been doing a show oh, that, that was is a my wild that show. is probably my least favorite show we've ever done really i did not want to cover i didn't know what it was about obviously because i don't know what the fuck we're talking about i don't know but Ian was like let's do cannibal cop i was like okay and then i read the notes and i was like i 100 percent don't even want to talk about this this is just <laughs> creepy weird shit i think it's interesting that one yeah, I loved love it, Mike. It. I don't love this one either, but you know, this is a little bit more in tune with what we typically talk about. So I guess I'm calloused to that. I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of murder in the world, but there's just some of these guys that are just off the charts on the cruelty level. Like you oh, talk yeah, about these is. guys are those fucking Chicago Ripper crew clowns. Yeah, there's just, like that upper echelon of, of just piece cruel of to be cruel. Yeah. yeah. And when you're involving families and then like, you know, the killing the husband, raping the mom, yeah, it's just off brutally the charts. murdering the babies. I don't love those. Either. It's not too long ago either. I mean, you know, it's relatively really speaking, known. it ain't Peter Curtin's time, man. This shit was going on 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Real, real good story. So what was, uh, <laughs> looking back now at like our new year's poll, we haven't even finished this one yet, but we had, uh, West Memphis three, Casey, Anthony, this and Israel keys. Like what a bummer. All of them, right? Like, none of those are yeah. at all fun. They're I mean, not feel-good stories, no. no. I mean, West terrible. Memphis 3, at least they got out of jail. and That had a happy ending, sort of. That still has that For whole... For them, at least. Yeah. Never mind right, the right. kids. And whoever murdered those three kids are still out there. Could be doing it today. Some would argue the West Memphis 3 did do it. Some probably wrong, since there's no evidence <laughs> to support that uh, conclusion. Well, they listen to you, too. <laughs> no, I don't know. Hey... People are where uh, works. I mean, there was what? We had like four votes for this one in the New Year's poll, right? Yeah. The non-cheaters. Non-cheaters. Hats off to you. See, they got rewarded. People with ethics. Although all the people who cheated and voted for Casey Anthony got rewarded a long time ago. So <laughs> like two weeks after the cheating <laughs> yeah, yeah. scandal. I don't think we could. Uh, we have a leg to stand out on that one. <laughs> Meanwhile, fucking those Israel voters are like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> It's like that meme of that guy standing in the crowd with his, his hands on his hips. <laughs> just like looking like so disappointed. That's them. I saw a story about that guy the other day that that meme was uh, that picture of him got like enshrined somewhere. Was it the Smithsonian maybe? Oh. I think it was somewhere. <laughs> like, ah, that, that is dude. absurd. <laughs> now we're enshrining memes. Or in an art gallery. I forget exactly what it was. It is, so. it is one of my favorites yeah, it's because funny. it's just like whenever you're annoyed, you just sign that. <laughs> that is literally every time like our... Uh, our listeners here, like our upcoming list, the Israel Keys people give us that. There's, at least that's what I like to think that they're doing. Look, he's penciled in for 2024. I don't know what you're getting so hot around the collar about. Yep. He gets one half hour bonus show on Patreon. Maybe we'll make it the $10 tier of Patreon and it'll replace Bible Babble. We'll just do a few Maybe weeks it will. on Israel Keys. <laughs> Sign up now. <laughs> that's not an official statement, so don't listen to that. All right. Well, uh, anything else on part two? Anything else to dive into? It's not the feel-good story of the year by any stretch. Not uh, not the best. I would recommend that anybody really interested in this and wants to do a, like a way more of a deep dive should read the book Die For Me 
that's what I'm using for a lot of my research with this. Um, and it's good. I mean, I've had to condense a lot of the information. It's a five, sure. 500 page book, but it, it has a lot of, it has a lot of more details about the letters that these two jackasses were sending, um, more about their movements and their general, mm-hmm. uh, you know, time like Ing or Leonard Lake at the apartment and stuff. I get the feeling the U.S. Marshals were not pursuing Lenny with quite the vigor that they were going after Randy. Weaver. Well, he was stealing identities, yeah. Dave. Come on, you keep up with that. Something tells me it would not be that hard to locate. They weren't covering their tracks, especially yeah, well. You would think not, or you would think it would be easy to find him. Mm-hmm. Since he's in Cricket's father's cabin. (laughs) (laughs) Or the fact that Charles Ng is just telling everybody who will listen about what's going on out there. And he's just chanting about it at work. (laughs) Right. Right. Uh, Yeah, but anybody that wants to do a deeper dive should read that book. It's it's pretty good. It's got some good information about the... uh, about the victims too. A lot of times you don't see that yeah, in, right. in true crime books, but it has a lot of information about the victims and like their life and stuff. So that's cool. Yeah. They get glossed over a lot. That's, that's, yeah. a, that's a good point. So that's all I got. We'll wrap this bitch up next week. Yeah. Yeah. And a real feel good story. I feel like it's going to turn around for us next week. You think Me so? Knowing nothing about it. Yeah. It's going to turn okay. around. Or is all the air going to get sucked out of the room again? Ian? <laughs> Part three will start with, in my opinion, the mo- the cruelest murders that they do. Um, but then, honestly, most of part three is going to be uh, Charles Ng's trial. Okay. Because it, it it it's never talked about. And I think maybe because of what how what they do is so bad or what they did was so bad. But it's actually, uh, it cost the state of California more money to try Charles Ng than it did to try O.J. Simpson. Wow. It's the highest. Well, I think there's one higher. There's one case I can't remember off the top of my head, Charles Ng and then OJ Simpson. Wow. As far as the most expensive trials. Mm. So a lot of part three is going to be his his trial. Yeah. Meanwhile, they could have just checked his mail at the military person (laughs) once, (laughs) once, (laughs) way before this happened. Once. (laughs) Just open up the mail. Mm. Okay. Dave, you got anything else on this one? I don't know. I have like 9,000 patrons to read. (laughs) Good luck, pal. Who? I'm going to sit back and relax. Very appreciative. Uh, you know, when we have that many, but, uh, you know, plenty for me to mess up. I would like to remind everyone, if I do mess up your name, if I butcher it, I apologize. Uh, I don't see this list until it, you know, until I literally am ready to read it. And by then I'm 54 beers deep. So I do my best, but it isn't in a drunken state. If I mess up your name, please don't hesitate to let us know. I will redo it, but it needs to be sent to us through Patreon. Send us a DM or let us know the phonetic spelling of your name. We'd like to just keep it in one place to make it easy. So if, uh, if I butcher, let us know there and I'm happy to redo it. I have uh, quite a bit of names to get through. This guy has more excuses than people that they <laughs> catch on that cheater show. Remember that show? That show was wild. <laughs> the only thing I remember about that after show. That guy got hurt. Yeah, like someone got stabbed. Like the, yeah. the oh, is that right? Got stabbed on a boat or something. Yeah. Um, fuck around, yeah. find out. What do you think's going to happen, pal? Yeah. It doesn't seem like a very. Uh, a safe thing to be a part of just approaching people that you never met before. Well, I assumed it was all kind of a work though, right? Till that dude got yeah, Apparently not. That's what I thought too. <laughs> well, I thought it was f- still fake and then the network's like, yeah, you can't fake a stabbing. You're mm. done. Yeah. Oh, that's all a work, right? Like it's gotta be. Oh, I don't know. I thought he for real got stabbed. I, I, don't, I don't know. know. And maybe he did. I just assumed it was all a work. I'd hmm. like to believe that he really it's got stabbed. like all a real. What? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> It made me, it makes a better story, right? Well, he's helping we were like, hey, you remember justice. that show Cheaters? That these, guy got stabbed. These people got their hearts broken. He's trying to help them get justice. That show is so ridiculous. <laughs> Either way, Dave sends me this list 30 seconds before I'm supposed to read it. So maybe if he kept me up to date throughout the week, I can practice. Maybe if you read the list while you were in the bathroom for the 20 times peeing during the show, you might have some practice. You might have these names down. You wouldn't get so many corrections. Just my opinion. You want me to start reading names while I'm peeing and then they hear me pissing in the background? You mean to practice reading names a practice while Practice reading, yes. Practice reading. That doesn't sound like a good pee. It's accidentally drops his phone in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very dangerous. <laughs> like I, That's so sure. All right, here we go. Thank you very much to new patrons. Faith Kinnear, Isaac Tissot, Stephen Farhawks, Micah Cole, Ashley Stevens, Robbie Wilson, Trevor Ware. Angela Young, 
Antifilomena, Addison Mary, Brasidia Hansen, Frizzy underscore Izzy, Adventures Live, Sarah Clisby, Joey, Krista Hobart, Matt McGillicuddy, Sydney, Edgar Esparza, Adam Bragelman, Cassie, Kristen Delaney, Alex Twitty, Colt Whitmore, Donkey Dong, Braxton Fanning, Pat's Turn, Blaze Gamer 123, Sammy Osborne, Amy Reagan, Nathan Butler, Sue Ann, Alexia Prokopic, Ain't No Way, Avid Procrastinator, Laura, JW, Jessica Hansen, Leslie Metters, Hollis, Blind Guy, Maddie Barrett, Paula Hughes, Devin Hess, Bell Jar, Haley, Shakira, Markle, Amanda Smith, Stephanie Camelinia, Felix Charon, Brian Drabo, Emma McConaughey, Tamara, Mary Jackson, Captain Gigglebutt, Gab Banana Hammock, Caitlin McInnes, Megan Jones, Dennis Ryan, Tony Kirkland Jr., Jessica DiGiulio, Ariel Trigger Tits McGee, <laughs> Thomas M, Christy Hensley, Vanessa Veld- Veldink, Ashley Nicole, Sarah L, Isla Fronopful, Patricia Burns, Dougie Z, Denise Day, Nadine, Stephen, uh, and also Ulrika Parzanen. Thank you guys very much. Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. And I believe we have one special shout out from our uh, former commander in chief. All right, Mike, I was contacted to do a special shout out. So apparently this person didn't want you to fuck up their name. So, uh, well, don't have a shitty name. I won't fuck it up. <laughs> Thanks, Jacqueline Childers. Thanks for joining Patreon. Appreciate your support for the boys. Really, really appreciate it. You know, guys, I saw that name. I thought they were coming in here talking about an illegitimate child of mine, and the name was Childers. I saw a child. I'm like, that's not my kid. I did not have sex with that patron, Jacqueline. (laughs) Close call, Mr. President. (laughs) Not even a single time. Uh, Jacqueline, tell your husband to go out and come over. You can polish my knob. (laughs) Just just kidding. Thanks for joining. Thank you, Mr. (laughs) President. Okay. Who keeps inviting this guy back? Jesus. <laughs> uh, go fuck yourself, Mike. Uh, Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Ian. Say my name, please. I would say your name if I knew that you didn't put it in the review. <laughs> Send your name and I'll say it. J Law 85, Manda Sue 8989, Boston Mom 5. She liked the okay stupid one. The anti <laughs> anti-vax dating app. I apologize to all the anti-vaxxers. I was heavily <laughs> intoxicated, and that was uh, off the top of my head. So mm. I apologize. No harm, no fall. <laughs> the belly jar. Um, looks like they hit their keyboard. Posh, 71, Roscoe. I'm just going to start saying that for names I don't want to pronounce. Oh, it looks like they just hit their keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 understand. I believe you. I'm just saying. Ahmed, Sarah LW, and Dark Star. LM. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Ian, I had one more that you missed that one from Australia. Mel Francis. Thank you. She liked uh, your phone call from Kevin last week. So she's a big fan. Seems like everybody likes Kevin. <laughs> My run-ins with uh, Kevin. Thanks, Mel, from your Australia. Pen, your pen pal. He's going to come over his little own Euro trip and uh, come visit you. Well documented. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can you imagine if Kevin showed up at at Ian's house. No, I don't want to imagine that. And this leader Wilson. <laughs> I mean, it'd be awesome if we had it on video or something we could actually make money off of. <laughs> I mean, if Ian's going to get raped or killed, at least let's make a, you know, a few patron bucks. Yeah, can you get a ring doorbell installed maybe? I have this a ring, week? I have a ring have doorbell. Yeah. Yes. Can we get access to that video uh, <laughs> archive, please? Or at least just sign something that we're allowed to access it should something happen to you. So I'll, I'll redo my will and please. specifically or just put that. it Please, there. please. Yeah, absolutely. My ring doorbell footage to yeah. Mike and Dave. Yeah. <laughs> $500 patron. Watch Ian get murdered. $1,000. No, never mind. No. No. We'll just watch him get killed. It'll be, you know. Dave and I'll do live commentary. Live commentary. Well, when you sign up for a site and use your real name, address, uh, phone number, and the government's got you, and, you know, Kevin had you tapped from the beginning. This is what happens. 
Like, so uh, Kevin just rang the doorbell. Let's see what happens. Are those nipple clamps with a battery powered backup in Kevin's back pocket? <laughs> Looks like chloroform, Mike. What are you thinking, planning on doing with that? I don't know. I just have a big like batch of popcorn in my mouth. I'm like, nothing look good, Dave. Well, I'm sure I'm enjoying the show. <laughs> That'll be the last paycheck we probably ever get then from this show. Okay. So, well, stand by for that, possibly. Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, hopefully not. not. I'm not trying to start writing our <laughs> outlines every week. That doesn't sound fun. I know Dave doesn't want to do it. Although he'd use it for an excuse to take a week off from the show that he'd so desperately want. This guy. You're the one who brought it up, it's Pally. Fucking Christmas. It's yeah, like it's the, the only last two weeks. Yeah. It's the only we, time we ask. We literally do a show where we just sit down and drink and talk, and then we release a show that has already been released. What more can we do other than just not showing up? Most shows do like seasons and they take, uh, what, six weeks in between seasons? Uh, you mm. say most shows. I have never listened to a podcast that's taken like seasons ever in my life. Well, some some shows. And you guys don't even some. listen to podcasts. So I don't know what you're talking about here. <laughs> I'm just making it up. Are you, I have no me, idea. are you telling me the Joe Rogan experience takes six weeks off? <laughs> I mean, he might forget to do a show for six weeks if he's on like DMT or something. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that guy does, but... Also, I sent you guys that clip this week of Joe Rogan talking about the guy in a fucking rubber suit, the the big, oh, yeah. the Bigfoot yeah. video. See, look, Rogan agrees with me. That was really good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he set that up good. <laughs> talking about how it's the Holy Grail. It's like, and it is a fucking guy in a gorilla suit. <laughs> See, so we're not the worst people when it comes to all that shit. There's other people that mock it, too. Mm. 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 Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube at Necronomapod, Amazon.com, search Necronomapod, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Uh, you cannot search us on the Patreon site. We will not pop up because we are listed as adult content. So you actually have to type in uh, our, you know, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Um, I think that's it, right? Did I hit all of it? Yeah. Sounds like it. Just like college, you hit all of it, Mike. Wow. <laughs> So they tell me, <laughs> hit it all, Mike. That's what I was called. <laughs> all right. All right. You guys ready for a cool down beer? Cheers. 